Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. Amen. Especially glad to be in service tonight with my father. I want to wish him a very happy birthday. I don't always get the microphone on his birthday, so I wanted to take an opportunity to wish him a happy birthday. Sister Sophia's birthday is today as well. We wish her a happy birthday. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to be reading from the Living Bible. Brother Chad will have that up available, so you can look on there and read that. If you'd like to know the words I'm reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, begin reading verse 12. This has been quoted during our month of fellowship from the King James Version. and I, I like the way that the Living Bible writes it here. It says, Our bodies have many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. When they are all put together, so it is with the body of Christ. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit and have all been given that same Holy Spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And what would you think if you heard an ear say, I am not part of the body because I am only an ear and not an eye? Would that make it any less a part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? But that isn't the way God made us. He has made many parts for our bodies and He has put each part just where He wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. So He has made many parts But still, there is only one body. Many parts, but there is still only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. Going down to verse 25, this makes for happiness among the parts, so that the parts have the same care for each other that they do for themselves. If one part suffers, all suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Amen. It doesn't say if one part is honored, all parts are honored. It says if one person is honored, everybody else is glad for that person. 
and thankful that they are honored. Isaiah 64 and 8 says, But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father, we are the clay, and Thou art potter. And we all, say we all, we all are the work of Thy hand. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on community. Many parts, but one body. Many parts, one body. You can be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. We have been talking about the importance of fellowship. And how it is not just something that we do to hang out and enjoy the company of one another. Where we have all play and no pray. But as we have heard the last few weeks, fellowship was not only healthy... It is something that is God-ordained. It is something that He intends us to take part in if we are going to be His children. It's not all simply fellowship how we think of it all the time. But it was for the kingdom. It was for unity. It was for community. And community is a wonderful thing. One of the definitions of community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. So your neighborhood is your community. The area you live in is your community. The people that you rub shoulders with at your job is your community. But another definition of community, and this is not a biblical definition, this is Google's definition... A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Community is very much important to God. Psalm says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Being in one mind and one accord and being in a spirit of unity is not going to happen because you all of a sudden discovered that everybody in the room likes vanilla ice cream just like you like vanilla ice cream. It's not going to happen because everybody likes shopping because you like shopping. That's common interest, but that does not mean it's a spirit of unity. It's not going to happen because everyone likes the same things as me. So what was it? What was the binding element? What was the thing that they could all agree on and come into the same place with the same mindset? If it wasn't ice cream and it wasn't their hobbies and shopping, what allowed these people, these people of God to join together in an assembly And join together and watch the Holy Ghost fall and move on them in such a mighty way. Acts 4 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken and they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. We love that verse. That's a good verse to quote. But the very next verse says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. 
Not one of them was selfish. Not one of them was there saying, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? What, what are you going to do for me to make me happy? What are you going to do to make me feel like I need to feel tonight? Being in a community where there is a spirit of unity is great. But the key they discovered in the book of Acts is not just tearing together. But it's tearing together according to His word. That He told them, you go and you wait for me in an upper room. You go and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Join together for one purpose. And that is, you just wait and see what I'm going to do. Babel shows us you can have unity, but that doesn't mean it's godly. You can join together with a posse and have the wrong motives and the wrong heart. But when you all join together and you pray together and you fast together and you worship together and your hearts are all on Him and your eyes are all fixed on Him, then that opens the avenue for God to really do something great in your life. And it's not what I want. It's God, what would you like to see in us? The spirit of fellowship and unity we're talking about is when you've been praying together and when you can say, we are all full of the Holy Ghost. Our purpose aligns. Our vision aligns. Our plans are all aligned. Not that you give up on your dreams and follow mine. Not that I give up on my dream and follow you. But it is when both of us say, let's merge our dreams or change our dreams completely if they do not align with what he desires. Because we can have the right desires all day long and think that we have the right motives and we're praying the right prayer. But if it's contrary to what God is wanting for your life and for Greater Life Church and for that situation and you're praying all these things that you think you're praying the right words and God's saying, hold up, not one of you is praying God, what would you like to see? God, what would you like for me and my brother to join together in a vision? What do you want to see happen in our movement? Scripture says, delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If my delight is in the Lord, then my desires should be what his desires are. If my heart is towards Him and my mind and my thoughts are towards Him and when we come into the house of God and we are in one mind and one accord for the same purpose, then we should all not have a problem getting on the same page and saying, God, the desires of my heart are Your desires. God, whatever You want to see, whatever You want to see happen at Greater Life Church, that's what we all want to see happen. God designed each of us with different backgrounds and walks of life. We're born in different shapes and sizes and colors. And He gave us gifts and He gave us fruit. Not so that we can go around boasting of our gifts and boasting of our talents and abilities. But so that we can give glory to His name. So that we can point others to Him and say, I did not do this on my own. This is a God-given gift. And hear me, the world can get up and accept trophies and they can say, I want to thank God who gave me this talent and this ability. And that's great and that's wonderful. And there are some things that are God-given talent. 
But there's got to be a heart of a people that says, whatever I have to offer, may it bring glory to His name. Whatever I can contribute to the kingdom of God, to my brothers, to my sisters, to my church family, whatever I can give back to them, I want to do that. For the Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit were for the edification of the church or the body. Acts 2.41 says, Then they, say they, that gladly received His word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. If they that gladly did received, then that tells me there had to be some that did not gladly receive. There is always some that are not always going to be on the same page as you. There's going to be some that don't have the same desire as you and the same mindset as you. We can't worry about that. But there's got to be a group of people that are here that say, I'll gladly receive whatever God has. I'll gladly get on board with my brothers and sisters and say, God, whatever you want to do, I want you to do it. It says, and they, who's they? They that gladly received him. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Pastor preached on this a few weeks ago. He said in verse 44, And all that believed were together and had all things common. Again, that's not saying everybody liked the same thing. That everybody had the same style. That everybody's opinions were the same. It meant that their purpose was about the kingdom. That their mindset was not on personal opinions and ideas. But when they got to that place together, it was no longer about me, myself, and I. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about you. But it was about Him. It was about the kingdom. It was what, what can we do together collectively to bring glory to His name. What can we do as a body to win others to Christ, to preach the gospel, and to share the good news to everybody that is around? It says they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. That's what God's community looks like. When you say, I know this is mine and it belongs to me, but you're important to me and you're important to me. And you're important to me. I'll get rid of everything I've got if it could be a help to you. If I've got something you need, then you tell me. And I'll do, if I don't have it, I'll find a way to get it. And that's what I love about the church. When there was a pandemic going on full force and you couldn't find groceries and you couldn't find items that you needed, even still it's happening. There are a group of people that call and say, hey, I can't find this anywhere. And somebody else says, well, I just saw some. I'll get it for you. I just saw some at the store. I'll buy it for you. I'll do whatever I can to help you out. It's a camaraderie. It's a, a fellowship. It's a community. They were all together. It says in verse 46, and they, there's they again, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. The passion they shared 
They had meals together. They had joyful hearts and tender humility. Verse 47 said, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Daily. They were devoted to the doctrine to the breaking of bread or communion and in prayers. But in the same verse as them being committed to the doctrine and them being committed in prayers, he said they were also committed and devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to this because it was more than just simply hanging out in the backyard. It was more than just sitting together at a table. It was a lifting of spirits. It was an encouragement to one another. It was what can we do to help one another? What can we do to offer our services for the kingdom of God together? He said, yes, doctrine's important and prayer is important and communion is important. But I also want you to know that part of this equation is fellowship. Fellowship, according to scripture, is association. Community, communion, joint participation, intimacy, and connection. And we need that connection with people now more than we have ever needed it before. Everybody is communicating via screens. They're communicating in ways where they're never talking face to face. I used to joke our young people around, you know, used to, back in the day, you'd go up and actually ask somebody for their phone number, you know. Or you'd talk to them face to face and get to know them. And now they walk up, they're like, hey, I follow you. Bunch of creeps is what they are. It's all done via screen. There's no connection. And we're missing it so very desperately. It takes everyone coming together and sharing and doing their part to contribute. That's what God's community looks like. That's what He designed the body to be. Is different parts and different personalities and different giftings to come together and be a part of the church of the living God and say, I need some people to be my hands. I need some people that can be my eyes and my ears and my feet. I, I need somebody to get a hold of my heartbeat. I need somebody to breathe the very breath that I breathe so that you can be me to this world because I'm not here anymore. You're here on my behalf as my church And I need you to step up. When you continue doing what they continued doing. They continued in fellowship. They continued in breaking in bread. They continued in prayer. The Bible says God added to the church daily. If we would continue doing what they continued doing. I believe God again would also add to the church daily. Where it's more than just what happens here on Sundays and Wednesdays and Friday nights, but daily. Daily I'm in prayer. Daily I'm in fellowship. Daily I'm looking for connection. Daily I'm out there in my community being the community. Acts 20 verse 7 in the Passion says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them. Intending to leave the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. There's something that happens when you get together. 
and you just start eating around the table and you start talking about the goodness of God and you start talking about all the wonderful things that has happened in your life and sharing testimonies and before long you're looking down at your watch and oh my goodness, it's already midnight. My goodness, where has time gone? It happened because that fellowship was taking place. That encouragement was taking place. And you were just on the phone with somebody talking about all that God has done. And the next thing you know, you're hanging up two hours later, but you're hanging up refreshed. You're hanging up feeling good about yourself and thankful you have people that you could talk to about what's going on in your world. Romans 16, he says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. For my life, they lay down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. They were in homes, they broke bread in homes, they prayed in homes, and they had church in homes. The church is more than these four walls. The church is more than just this building. You are the church. Wherever you go, whatever home may be yours, whatever job that you're in, that is where God has put you for a purpose. It says every part of the body is where it is for a reason. Don't ever doubt for one second that where you're at is not on purpose. That you're living in the house you're living in for a purpose. You're working the job you're working today for a purpose. You're in the school that you're in right now for a purpose. God has put you there to reach people that I'll never reach and pastor will never reach. Brother Clyde T will never get to sing to. They are in your community. They're in your circle. God intends for you to be a part of this body and to do what God has called you to do. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must, say must, show himself friendly. Woo! If you do not show yourself friendly then do not complain about not having any friends. If you're in the molly grubs and you're frowning and you're talking about how horrible life is and how nobody's good and nobody, everybody hates me and it would, I guess I'll go eat worms. Nobody wants to be a friend with anybody that's eating worms. Well, no one comes and talk to me. Well, who did you go talk to? Well, nobody invited me to go eat. Well, who did you go invite to go eat? Listen, Jesus himself could not shake everybody's hand. He would go into crowds and places where he could not talk to everybody. There were crowds of people that they, well, Jesus, there's a crowd coming. They need to see you. He says, well, I, we've got to go to the next town. There's other people that need me there too. 
There's always going to be crowds. There's always going to be people wanting to talk, wanting to shake your hand. What are you saying? Well, are you telling us not to be in a community? Are you telling us? No, I'm telling you quite the opposite. I'm telling you, don't wait on pastor to come lay hands on you. Don't wait on somebody to come ask you to go eat. Don't wait on somebody. You be a part of the church he's called you to be a part of. You be a part of the community. You say, this isn't about what my country can do for me. It's what can I do for my country? What can I do to contribute? What can I do to be a part of the church of God? Amen. Pastor said this many years ago, and I've never, ever forgotten it. He said, so many people come to a church, and they look around and say, what can this church offer me? What can the youth group offer my young people? What can the children's department offer my children? And what can, what can you offer me? Instead of them coming into a church and saying, what can I offer this church? If there's not a youth department, but I have two young people, then me joining this church, I've just added two young people to this church that was not there before. If there is an area where maybe it cannot minister to me, but I, I can step in and I could be a part of that, and I could be a help to that, then maybe, just maybe, that's where God is calling me to be because all of this community and the body of Christ is not about me. It's about Him. It's about the kingdom. It's about making sure we get anybody and everybody we can into heaven. What ways can I open up my home and my table? Paul said, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do so that I can tell everybody what I did. I go reach all these people and connect and make so I can tell everybody how good I am and what a great fisher of men I am. And oh no. He said, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. With you. It takes everybody doing what they can do. Be who you have to be. For the gospel's sake. The gospel will never ask you to be carnal to win carnal people. You be who God has called you to be. You be kind. You be loving. You be patient. You be a peacemaker. Find out somebody that you could reach and love them. Find out somebody's hobby and make that an opportunity for you to connect. Oh, well, Jack, man, I found out Sunday, he loves to fish. But I love to go to the gym and work out. Too bad we can't ever be friends. How about, man, I'm going to go buy me a fishing pole. And I'm going to go to Jack next Sunday, and I'm going to say, Jack, let's go fishing. Well, can you fish like Jack? Not like Jack, I can't. But it's not about me fishing like Jack. It's about me knowing that Jack enjoys fishing. And that it's an opportunity for me to connect to Jack. And spend some time with him doing something he enjoys doing. 
and just talk and just fellowship with one another. That's what God is trying to create is just find somebody you can connect with. Find something that interests them and say, what, what can I do to be a part of their life? How can... There's some people here I know, I've watched you do some things that, that are not your norm, intending to connect with somebody, and I applaud you for that. You may not like that restaurant, but you went because you wanted to connect with somebody. That's what God is talking about. It takes all kinds of people. What would happen if instead of saying, well, it's never going to work out because we don't have the common interest, is my interest became for the gospel's sake. I want to do this for the gospel's sake. Paul said, this is so important. I want to do whatever I can. Brother Jimmy Tony called it God math. I became all things to all men that by all means I might win some. All plus all plus all equals some. Paul said, I don't do all this for me. I don't change my personality I don't fake loving people. I look for an opportunity to be friends with people. To the weak, I'll become as weak. To, to this one, I'll become as that one. I'll do whatever I can to rub shoulders with them, to, to be a part of them, and, and to join into their circle, and to reach out to them and witness them. I may not have a clue of half the things they're talking about, but it's not about the subject we're talking about. It's not about my opinions and my belief and what political party I'm a part of. It's about the gospel. It's about the kingdom. And if I could ever get a hold of that... If the church could ever remind itself, the community that we're talking about in the fellowship is so much bigger than, than our opinions and our purpose and our ideas that we come together with. He said, this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Jesus understood that if the gospel was going to get to everyone, then he had to be intentional about making disciples. I'm not going to be here very long. I'm going to be in flesh for very few years. And in my ministry, it's going to be even fewer years. So what can I do that's going to outlive me? I can bring in 12 people. And I can pour myself into them. And I can fellowship with them. And I can connect with them on a deeper level. They all came from different backgrounds and different walks of life and worked different occupations. And that right there should tell us it's not about all that. God said, I am looking for people that can help push my gospel forward. I'm looking for a group of people that can set their differences aside and just be who I called them to be. They, they're not always perfect. They don't always get along the way that I wish they would get along and they quarrel but at the end of the day there's a unity there because the purpose remains the same this is about the kingdom this is about the kingdom this is about the kingdom I hear you Thomas but this is about the kingdom I hear you Paul but this is about the kingdom may we never forget that and because those 12 men reached out to people, those reached out to people, and those reached out to people, the church of the living God is still alive and well today. Because somewhere way back then, there was a man named Jesus who made sure that he built a community of people around him that can push his gospel forward. 
Each component to the church is so very important. God has made each one of us so special and given each one of us a purpose. But how awesome it is when we get together and we work together. I love a Mr. Potato Head. I've loved Mr. Potato Head since I was a little... I still enjoy playing with Mr. Potato Head. Making all the funny faces and putting an arm up on its head and... But a Mr. Potato Head with nothing but eyes. Well, I like eyes. Well, that's great. But a Mr. Potato Head with nothing but eyes serves no purpose. Scripture was talking about that. Mouths are well... Most of the time, mouths are great. But there's sometimes that mouths are exactly that. They're mouths. But they do serve a purpose. Mouths communicate. You can eat with your mouth. But a body full of mouths <laughs> creates a big problem. All the noses in the world that can sniff out all the problems. They got it all figured out. They can sniff it out a mile away, but they don't have the vision to see the solution to fix said problems. All these arms, and they can reach, and they can do all these things, but they can't hear. They can't, they can't do anything else, but they just reach. You say, well, that's comical. What, you know, all these potato heads up there, all these things that... It is very comical, but this is sometimes how we want people to... Well, I want everybody to be like me. I want us to all think alike and be alike and do the same things alike. God said, no, 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 no. That's not how I created you. I created you to have this talent and you to have this ability and you've got this gifting and you're great with people and you're great at this and you're, you're anointed to sing and you're anointed to preach and you're anointed to teach and, and all of these things are things that God has gifted you to do. A body full of the same thing sounds like trouble. He said, suppose the whole body were an eye then how would you hear? Scripture says to he that hath an ear, let him hear. Ears are important. Eyes are important. My hands are important. But we can't all be all of those things. A church full of singers. We'd all get up here and we'd all be so talented in our singing ability. Brother Clyde wouldn't know who to give the microphone to. And then we'd all be up here singing to an empty Congregation, not everybody's called to sing. If every single one of us, man, we all were great teachers. Every single one of us had the same mouthpiece and we could all contribute. And we were gifted in gab. And we were all up there ready to teach. But if we were all teachers, who would be the student? It takes everybody doing their part. The Living Bible in Ecclesiastes 4 says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. For the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, he is in trouble. Verse 12 says, and one standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, 
can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There are things that work together and when they do, it makes everything better. If we can learn to work together and help one another. You see by ourselves, we are gifted and used by God. But God has given us an entire body to all bring what we have and contribute. He has given us hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouths. All of these parts are so important. God, let me find my place, no matter how small or how great, and give it all for your glory. God, if you're calling me to drive the church shuttle, God, let me do it with the very best heart. Let me do it with a smile on my face. And let me offer you my very best. If you're calling me to shake somebody's hand when they come through the door, or be a part of the ushers team, or be a part of something that's going on around here at Greater Life Church, let me do it to the fullness of my ability. God... Gifted people who built. Some worked with gold. Some with iron. Some with wood. Some knew how to sew. And God put each one in the right place at the right time. Brother Chad, can we play that video really quick? It was the first time man walked on the moon. Because he stayed in orbit. Because they guided them safely. Because she made the right calculations. And because he let them focus on the mission instead of the mess. Great moments are the work of many. Great moments are the work of many. Pastor mentioned it a moment ago. Last week we had an awesome VBS. And people, how did this, how did you do all that in a week? How would you do, because a lot of people stepped in and helped out. We had people doing crafts. We had people doing check-in. We had people doing story time. We had people doing cleanup. We had people singing. We had people doing signs. It happened because everyone came together and made it happen. Each Sunday we gather here and each Wednesday night we are here together and are able to enjoy so many things. Because he drove the shuttle. Because he vacuumed the church floors. Because she studied her lesson. Because they came to practice. Because they opened the doors with a smile. Because our ushers were ready at their door. Because they baked some things for 528. Because Sister Gibson helped pay the bills. Because somebody went to the prayer room and prayed. Because somebody had been fasting this week. Because somebody said, I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. Even though I may not feel like showing up on a Wednesday night. Great moments are the work of many people. The church of the living God is what it is today because it is a group of people and a group effort to come together and say, whatever I can do to serve the kingdom of God, I want to do it to the fullness. I want to give. I want to pray. I want to fast. I want to do whatever I can for the gospel's sake. Let's stand all over this house tonight. No one can or should go with this life alone. Pastor said it many times, we are all turtles on a fence post. 
We didn't get here by ourselves. Two weeks ago, Brother James Hughes mentioned that fellowship was the very reason that Adam was created. Fellowship was the reason that Eve was created. And from the very beginning, everything God saw, He said, This is good. 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 But the moment He stopped Himself for just a moment and looked, the first thing He said, This is not good, is when He saw man alone and said, This is not good. Oh, sure, He's breathing. He's alive, but he's not really living. He's got breath in his lungs and he can survive as long as I let him survive, but it's just not good. It's not good for man to be alone. Fellowship is so important to God and having meaningful relationships is so vital to the kingdom of God. No one can do this alone. It's not good for anybody To be alone. For even Jesus himself needed help carrying his cross. When he was battered and beaten. Making his way to Calvary. They had to draw somebody from the crowd. And pride could have stepped in and say no I got this. I can do this. I'm going to make it happen. But even Jesus in his humanity. Realized. There's some things I can't do. Alone. There was a layman that could not get to Jesus. Physically could not get to Jesus. But there was a community. There was some friends that gathered around him that said, We're going to get you to Jesus. I don't care what we have to do. I don't care who we have to bump into. I don't care if we've got to rip the roof off. We are going to get you to Jesus. And when that man is healed, Jesus said, because of their faith, that man is made whole. Because there was a community of people that believed when he could not believe, it became a possibility. Five loaves and two fish were passed out by a group of people. Great moments are the work of many. Where two or three are gathered, that's great and wonderful. But man, what about 300 that get together? What about 200 that get together? What about 100 that get together and say, let's join together for the purpose of this community, the purpose of the gospel, the purpose that is the kingdom of God. And may we never forget that. A few weeks ago, we talked about the the woman whose sons were about to be taken by the creditor. But there was a community of people that rallied together and said, whatever, whatever I've got that you need, you take it. You can take my vessel, go, go, go in there and get whatever you need and take it. That is community. When they drop the nets and they're bringing in a haul of fish and their boat begins to sink, they could have said, nah, we got this. Come on, we're, we're big enough. We can take it all in. But they said, this isn't about all that. This isn't about me. There's something bigger going on right here. And so they call for the other ship and they said, hey, we need you. We need you to come and we need you to be a part of what is going on here. There are many parts, but there is only one body. My giftings are not your giftings. 
Your giftings are not your neighbor's giftings. But we are all in this together. God has you where you are tonight for a purpose. and a reason. God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm in this situation. I don't know why I'm here. I don't either. But let me tell you tonight, God does. He knows exactly where you are. He knows why you're in this season. He knows what's about to unfold in your life. And when it's all said and done, you're going to look back and say, God knew exactly what He was doing. Let's lift our hands all over this house. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your presence. God, I pray tonight, God, that you would let this reminder settle in our spirits. God, that we not forget, God, it's about the kingdom. God, this fellowship that we are a part of, it's more than just a community, God, of ideas and opinions and common interest. But God, it's about our vision that is yours. And that is the kingdom of God. God, that we would reach out to a community around us like never before realizing I'm in the neighborhood I'm in for a reason nobody else in my church can witness to them like I can God nobody knows my co-worker's situation like I do nobody knows what that one in my school is going through like I do God may I be the mouthpiece that you need when you need it may I be your hand when you need it may I be your feet when you need me to move. May I have the heart of Christ. May I have the mind of Christ tonight. Lord, I pray that you would go with us, Lord, and remind us, God, that though there are many parts, God, if we could come together in unity and be a part of one body, that you will add to your church daily and that we will see the revival that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God tonight. Before we slip off next door, pastor's fixing to come. Amen. But don't forget, when we do dismiss, there's watermelon. Amen. In the Family Life Center. Pastor, come. I love the Mr. Potato Head. I cannot imagine more mouths. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We're fixing to have some fun. I've got a $75 gift card to Papa Do's or Papa Seafood, uh, Papa Steakhouse, Yah Yah Mary's, I don't, Delta Blues, uh, any of the Papa's restaurants. Uh, we got a $75 Cheesecake Factory cards. We have a $50 uh Landry's card, Saltgrass, Morton Steakhouse, McCormick and Schmidt, Rainforest Cafe. You kids ought to be cheering for your parents to win one of these tonight. We're going to have a drawing right now. How about that? Oh, come on. We need a drum roll or something. That's a... All right. For Get one of these. For the 
$75 Papa Do's sister, Debbie Bohannon, where she's in the coffee shop taking care of some things out there, but we'll get that to her. All right. Um, we're going to go now with the $75 Cheesecake Factory, Carrie Markintel. He is not here tonight. Amen. You have to be here to win. Sorry about that, folks. All right, we'll make sure everybody is here. Oh, I know this one's here. Brother Eddie Leonard, how about a $75 Cheesecake Factory card? Now make sure the right person gets that. Oh, let me have your card. No, let me have that card back. Yeah, I need that. We're going. We, this goes in the final drawing. Just because you win tonight doesn't mean you're eliminated from the final drawing. You're, you, everybody's going to be in on that. So the more you're here, the more often chance you have for a fifty-dollar uh, Morton Steakhouse. Oh my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I don't see her here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody needs to say, uh-oh. Belinda Carrico, uh-oh. Is she here? Oh, she is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking in the wrong place. Oh. She's moved sides. We'll talk about that later. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Now for two $25 cars, we're going to break this up and make it a little more interesting. All right. Um, oh. Man, I got to check all the church out now, make sure. Oh, I hate to do this. Sister Marlene Richards, she's not here tonight? Oh, man. All right. Let's go draw another. Just tell her she could have. She could have. She could have. All right. Is he here? Is he upstairs? Brother Kenneth Baker, is he in the... All right. Brother Kenneth Baker, $25. One more, and then we're going to go have watermelon. Oh, by the way, for those of you that don't like watermelon, I did buy a few cantaloupes. All right, $25 uh, gift card, Roan Gatlin. Come on, son. All right. Awesome. All right, that's what happens when you go on the right cruise. Amen. Next month, we're going to have drawings again at the end of the month. I'll bribe you any way I can to get you to church on Wednesday night. Praise God. We're going to have a great time. I hope you like good watermelon. They're cutting it up. It's ready. Uh, just slip out of here and head back to the family center. Let's spend a little time in fellowship. And uh, we'll see you Sunday morning uh, after we get through with this. Bless you all.